0: a destiny or predestined means there's a predetermined outcome already is it free will or is it the illusion of choice you've already known what you're going to do you just have to understand why you're doing it
1: everybody, what's up and welcome to another episode of the Evolution Podcast. Today on the show, as usual, we have Ethan. What's up, Ethan?
0: Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here.
1: And we have Mr. J, Mr. Johnson. What's up?
0: What's going on, team? As always, I'm here to help move you guys in the right direction. So I hope you got a pen and a piece of paper, or at least you recorded or listened to the recording. We hope that it helps you. So look forward to a great discussion.
1: Definitely. And today we have two very important topics that we are going to discuss. And uh, we're going to see if one of those topics takes the whole entire episode or we can actually get to discuss these two topics. <laughs> but uh, we are going to start with, uh, with a more kind of um, with a topic that I had in my mind. Uh, tomorrow I have a very important meeting and I want to make an impact in this meeting. So I came to this show with a question for Mr. J about how to have impactful meetings With people that you really want to impact, like those are people that are on another level, like, you know, you know, vibrating on higher frequencies than you achieved much more success than you have. Um, And you don't want to come off as pitching to them too much, right? Yourself. You want to come and say, hey, you guys actually need me. And this is something that is going to be beneficial. But also, again, you want to make sure that you make an impact and make them go, wow. So, Mr. J.
0: Well, you know, uh, for all of you guys who are listening, uh, you guys know that Sigi and Ethan are two of my mentees and started this podcast. And these guys always ask me about business. And Mr. Johnson, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts on that? And I always am honored whenever they ask for my opinion. But uh, how do you make an impact on a meeting? What do you do? Well, the first thing I would tell, I'd have been in hundreds of business meetings, hundreds of them. And some of them were great and some of them were not some great. Some of them were a complete waste of time. But as I've gotten older, uh, what I would tell most young people, if you're off in business and you're wanting to make an impact on the person, this is, is going to give you some very profound information. I want you to listen closely. I don't want you to ever forget this. Let no one ever sway you from this. this is probably the best advice I can probably give you. What I would say to anyone who's wanting to make an impact on a meeting is simple: be yourself, be who you are. You don't have to wear a mask. This is what happens with a lot of people. You're going into a business meeting, and you've been told all this information as a young person. You know, stand up straight, hold your shoulders back, shake his hand firmly, look him directly in the eyes, be clear and concise. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And heard it all before. At the end of the day, what I found always works work, works best for me is just to be who you are. You know, a lot of times I heard Suki say people who are on another level. And I get that. I, I appreciate that. Mr. J's done very well for himself. But I want to tell everyone that I'm a human. No, There's no levels for none of this crap. We're people. We're all people. Now, this guy might have a little bit more money. Okay, I get that. But you know what? He's going to go take a shit later just like you gonna to have to wipe his ass just like you so when people say you wrote a different ah you know what the rich and the poor have in common they both hidden to the grave now, they might have accomplished more than you but the, the point i'm so adamant about that is because i want you to understand something it is a privilege and an honor for them to meet you how about that one it is a privilege and an honor for them to meet you just because they have more money maybe a little bit more notoriety, you know, that people know it more in the world. They, they, they might be on YouTube, Facebook. I don't give a shit, I don't give a damn about none of that. At the end of the day, who you are is good enough. And you need to remember that because a lot of times people fail in the meeting, not because they're not good enough, but it's because they don't come properly prepared. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you wanna do is be properly prepared. Have you done your due diligence on the, the individual that you're meeting with? How long have they been with the company? Sometimes when you do just a little bit of extra effort, go on Google. I'm meeting with Terrence Johnson. But let me see who Terrence Johnson is. Oh, Terrence went to Morgan State University. hails he from Wilmington, Delaware. And he's been married to his lovely wife, Marie, for 27 years. He has two kids. And these are his hobbies. And so then when you go to the meeting and you have those first few minutes of uncomfortable silence or that, you go through your basic pleasantries of how's the weather, how are you, good to see, you. blah, 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 that type of shit. Yeah. You can have an honest conversation because you know a little bit about the guy. Right. What always impresses me when someone meets with me is not their necessarily always their project. It's their demeanor, how confident they are. Because let me tell you something, guys, and here's, here's the secret. You can go in there and kick ass all you want. You can go in there and give out the best presentation ever, and I've still seen people say no. The deal is simple proper preparation prevents piss poor performance and if you are persistent patient, and you have perseverance the odds of you being successful are very very high unfortunately many people aren't persistent and so i say when you go to a meeting be properly prepared but don't go in there with so much information in your head that you can't be who you are right we'll bet on the jockey not the horse Mm-hmm. So with someone when you're meeting with them, Segee, Ethan, whoever's listening to me, listen, who you are is good enough. Be prepared. Go on there and do your best. But go in there with really who you are. This is what I tried. This is what I try, is what got me in the door. I, I had to lose the oh, I'm Mr. Johnson, pleasure to meet you. I had to lose that's not who I am. Right. When I came and was like, hey, I'm Terrence Johnson, nice to meet you. They said, How you doing, Mr. Johnson? I said, I'm doing super fantastic. How you doing? Yeah. And you bring that energy. And even if the meeting didn't go well, you might have formed a relationship. Mm -hmm. So there is a slew of information. People can go on for hours telling you to do this, do that, do this. Mr. Johnson's going to keep it simple. Hey, man, be yourself. If you could be comfortable with who you are, and then you go on from a complete room full of strangers. Let me tell you, those fuckers are just as nervous as you. Just because they're sitting behind the desk with their suit on and they got a tie on and a white shirt and a handkerchief and they're sitting there looking all stoic. You don't even know if that's guy having a damn shit cramp right now. You don't know. You just see the image that he's presenting to you. And what I'm trying to show you guys is they're just people. Everybody's everybody's just people. But what happens is when you go to those meetings and you got all this stuff in your head and i got to put my best foot forward and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be this. And you're not being genuine. You're not being who you are. And that, my friends, is the way to definitely, even if you got accepted, you would not be fulfilled because you got it under a false pretense. So what do you want to do? Do a little history on the person you're meeting with. You can Google them. Where'd you go to school? Hey, I I saw that you've been married. You know, I've been married myself. See what you have in common. Find a common ground. Then do business. Here's another piece of advice I would tell everybody, too. If this at all possible, form the relationship first. Then do business. Most people want to do business, then form a relationship. You want to do this? You want to form a relationship? Get to know them and buy them out the coffee. You don't have to close the deal right there. Well, let me think about it. Well, listen, I have some time next week. I'd love for you to go out and have a cup of coffee with me. Hey, could we? you can come past my office if you like. You can see what my staff is doing. Hey, could, could you be interested in, buy, could I interested in having, buying you lunch next week? I really would like to discuss this further or any other opportunities if I could be of assistance. And here's another way to surefire get what you want. It is simple. Offer a service. It is real simple. How does Mr. Johnson make so much money? How do I do so well for myself? I offer services. It's just that simple. And so I say to all of you who are listening, especially to my guy, because I know he's gonna smash it. I have no doubt about it. He's gonna smash it out the park. He is, he's gonna kick ass. But I want him to realize and all of you who are listening, that who you are is good enough. Don't ever forget that, please. And don't become somebody you're not just to get your foot in the door. You will be found out. Just be who you are. Be calm. You state the truth. If you say, if you don't, here's another thing where I would tell people. the meeting. if they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, simply say, "I don't know, but I'll find out." Don't try to fudge it. Don't try to make some shit up. <laughs> Sounds real good and important, and that, that you know, he's, he's full oh. of crap. I don't know. But I tell you what I could do, Mr. Schreiber. I will find out. Give me a couple of days. I'll, I'll get back with you about that answer. Mm-hmm. So, there it is. Right.
1: Sound good. you good. I, Mr.
0: Johnson.
2: Oh no, you're good. I was going to say I think that piece of advice has made me a lot of money over the last two years. The first time I met you, you were always like Ethan. Uh, you're too like you got to relax. Just be yourself. I'm over here trying to like impress you with some, you know, flick my hair back, make sure my beard's shaved all right. Wow. And um, you're just like, be relaxed, like be who you are around people. And I believe the moment I did that, my, my sales increased. My, my transactions, my close ratio happened to get better because I was able to be who I was and people felt like I was a real person, not some perfect person that was just putting on a facade. But um, I, yeah, I, I love that. But yeah, Siggy, sorry to interrupt you there.
1: Yeah, no, I was about to say, like, first of all, you, Ethan, experienced a meeting with Mr. J that you got out of the meeting. You're like, holy fucking wow. Like, I remember I remember, <laughs> I remember you, uh, you were very impressed with how Mr. J handled that meeting, right?
2: Every meeting is, uh, it's an experience. If, uh, you ever get a chance to go on a, a meeting with Mr. J definitely do it because it's, it's business at a whole other level that I've never experienced. So uh, what's the really whole other
1: level? Like let, let's talk about that. Let's break it down from Ethan who's experienced Mr. J as a spectator. What have you spectated? What are you like? What have you, you know, noticed that is different than other meetings?
2: You know what? This is the coolest thing about it that I found. Um, He doesn't come with these, like, spreadsheets and all these charts and graphs about why he's better. It's, he gets in, he taps into the person's, like, inner being and their their hearts and what makes them feel. And it's almost as if people are now buying because they love Mr. Johnson rather than because the graph is saying this is what to do. Not that, the math doesn't say not to do it, but it still does. It's just that it's the connection and most deals I've seen that hit, Mr. J has done, it's just over lunch, over dinner. And it's just, there's a handshake and that's about it. It's, it's almost a gentleman's agreement
0: type thing. Sure. And it,
2: it just works. And that's what I want to do uh, in my businesses as well.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. And, and guys who are listening, oh, yeah. again, these are my mentees. I didn't expect him to say that. So that <laughs> wasn't uh, scripted in, but He's been with me for a couple of years. And and I remember when I first met him, sharp, sharp young man, really sharp, just sharp guy, but needed some polishing. just needed a little polish. And what I love about him is that That's he, right. just, yeah, he just listened. He didn't say, well, I don't agree with you or, you know, what do you know, old man, you know, he didn't say any of that. He listened. I said, listen, you're a great guy. You're a great kid, man. You got a lot of potential. You know, I wouldn't have you around me if I didn't think it was, you know, warranted, but at the same time, just my observation, I said, you need to lighten up. You're too serious. You're too stiff. You know, you're trying to, I can see, and he's a great guy. We would set. Remember, remember the time we had the meeting at the Mexican restaurant and we sat in the we sat in Mercedes. We were sitting and waiting. I think we were waiting or we we, we, lit, we left. I can't remember. Me and Ethan had lunch at this Mexican mm-hmm. restaurant and I parked my car. Ethan parks a little ways and he comes to sit in the car with me. It was really hot outside. And we just sat there and we talked and i said that's who this guy is you see that's who he is But he was sitting in the car with me and there's nobody around it's just him and mr J hanging out in the whip that's what we were doing just sitting there chopping it up have a conversation right and then i get to see ethan and i said this kid is great just loosen up keep doing what you're doing and you're going to be fine and you just heard out of the horse's mouth he said i made more money just taking that advice you know and it's unfortunate, guys, because a lot of us are just not taught the right way. And, I, and, and not that I contributed to all of Ethan's success by any means, but to hear him say in some part, Mr. Johnson, you did play a part in me increasing myself just by you giving me some advice. And I also want you to notice something he said. Whenever I go to a meeting, listen, there's plenty of time for charts, pitch decks, graphs, PL statements, cost of goods, projections, whatever the hell, evidence, perspectives, whatever you want to call it. There's plenty of time for all that crap. That's what you got accountants and attorneys and all those things for. But if you want to get a deal done, I mean a deal, Ethan was there, uh, $200 million deal. Mr. Johnson's sitting there, piece of steak, like it's a croissant or whatever. It does no big deal to him because it's not. I don't mean that arrogantly. I need you to understand the perception of money. There's no shortage of money in this country, in the world. There's none. Even though we're going through a recession, there's an economic crisis, the money is still out there. It's just not flowing accordingly. What I always try to get guys to see, if you want to do a $100 million deal, you have to think like a $100 million individual. You want to do a $10 million deal, you have to think like that. Now, there's always increments to it. There's different, uh, 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 I always say, levels of understanding, levels of knowledge, that you need to acquire, but Ethan came with me for the business meeting, and I think the deal was, was it two hundred and fifty, somewhere around there, two hundred and fifty million dollars, right around there, yeah, right around there. And they brought Mister Johnson a nice bottle of scotch, and it was a real nice evening. You know, we had a wonderful meal, and we just sit there and we, we talk about business, and that's what I want you guys to understand. You know, but say you're going to close a million dollar deal, two twenty million dollar deal in a day not that it's impossible but the probability of it is is very slim however it it might take you a month but if you put yourself in a position to where you can acquire those type of uh, situations where you can have deals that warrant that type of capital that pay you exceptionally well you want to take advantage of every opportunity that's in front of you and uh, you know just move accordingly just keep navigating your your pathway if you will uh, to, to get to where your goal is but yeah, I, Ethan was right. You know, Mr. Johnson's meetings are, I wouldn't necessarily, they're non-traditional, but they wouldn't be traditional in the sense because at the end of the day, as I tell all guys, here's another great piece of advice for all of you who are listening. Listen to me carefully. When people respect you, they will help you. But when people like you and respect you, they'll do anything for you. I'm going to say that to you again. When people respect you, they will help you. Oh, he's a good guy. I helped him out. No biggie. But when people like you and respect you, they'll call you when your wife is sick. They'll make sure you're okay. Has nothing to do with fucking money at all. Nothing to do with money at all. Because we like you and we respect you. So genuinely, we care about you. I don't have this relationship with all of my colleagues, obviously, but a huge portion I do. And it's not about money with them guys. It's about that relationship. And this is a lot of times people just want to do what I call one hitter quitters. That's where you get in, get the bag, and you get out. Nah, you want some? You need to make money and business your side chick. I'm using my street lingo from when I was a kid. You got to make money and business your side chick. It's your other woman. Now, let's just stay with me on this analogy for just a moment. If you don't spend time with your side chick, she'll leave you. If you don't spend time on your business, it'll go away. If you don't spend time on your money and where is it going and investing in it appropriately, it's going to go away. you got to make these things a priority in your life. So when you go to this meeting and you're going to meet with someone, hey, it's all about my side chick right now because my side chick take care of my main chick, which is my wife. I know I'm using the kind of a... You know, a funny term there, but I would have put it in a way that you can really grasp it and understand it, because at the end of the day, there is no one telling you or I what we can do. No one. And a lot of times you don't have these opportunities present yourself 10 million, 20 million, whatever. It's because you're just not ready for it. Now, how do I get ready for things like this? Your level of growth is directly related to your level of intellect. In other words, what is in your pocket is a direct reflection of what's in your mind. What is in your bank account is a direct reflection of what's in your mind. And what's in your mind is a direct reflection of what's in your bank account. And if you don't have much in your bank account, it doesn't mean you don't have much in your mind. You just don't have much in your mind, that's of great value. Albert Einstein said, seek to be a man of value, not a man of money. When I became valuable in business, I made all the money I wanted. When I was chasing the bag, and you know then what y'all call it, nowadays Segi And Ethan, we got to chase the bag, chase the bag. No, no, I don't chase anything. I used to. But as I've gotten older and gotten wiser, I understand the power of my thoughts, the power of my words, my intentions, my attitude, and really how to attract something to me. And so I say this to you, when you go to any meeting, declare the end from the beginning. This is an ancient biblical principle. What do I mean by declaring the end from the beginning? see it in the end how you want it to be for, before you even take the meeting. You guys call that visual, uh, visualization. Visualization, right? Yeah, yeah you're visualizing. But that's, that's actually a biblical or spiritual principle You know, to see things with thy mind, eye. if thy eye be dark, then thy whole body shall be filled with darkness. But if thy eye be light, thy whole body shall be filled with light. And when people don't understand these basic principles of success in business, in other words, you've been given a great great gift with your imagination. You literally have the ability and the power and the will and the right, might I add, to literally see anything you want. So you can see yourself in that meeting going in there and kicking ass. And taking names. Or you can see yourself going in there, oh, Jesus, I'm sweating, I'm panicking. It's really up to the individual. And here's the here's the real root of this, guys. I want you guys to pay attention. And this is not for even. And these guys hear this all the time. This is for you guys who are listening to me. Here's the deal. That sweating person, that's panicking person, do you know why that's happening? Because that's how you see yourself. That's how you see you. You don't see yourself as confident, so you're nervous. You don't see yourself as strong, so you shrink. You don't see yourself as well-spoken, so you don't speak up. The mind's eye is the mirror, if you will, of your own soul. How do you see yourself is a direct reflection how others will see you. So hope that helps.
1: Yeah. I'm also thinking a couple more things. Again, coming from the person that is going into such a meeting is, um. one, what I'm trying to do is actually see myself working with these guys. Like, you know, like actually like trying to, visualize myself actually working with them like not even having the meeting go right as much as just the whole consequence right the whole um result of us working together that that way if i come into the meeting i already feel like i'm working with them you know that'll be easing up the meeting um and the other thing is you said whatever you imagine in your mind is what you have in your bank account your bank account is a reflection of what's in your mind i would say like but then on the other hand we have to imagine ourselves out of the situation which isn't our current bank account right so um the thoughts is definitely like a very important process here you have to feel like you're out of whatever is in your bank account like you got to detach your bank account from how you actually like think that's a i guess like that's tri- that's a tricky progress prog- um the tricky part about this because this is something that is very hard you know to to do once you have this kind of like you know you actually see it with well, two
0: eyes right it's hard to do it's hard to do if you haven't been trained to do it. You see, if a child is learning to walk, it's hard. They have to find, first of all, they got to have the courage just to get up. Let's look at this as a business. Let's look at this as life. This is because we're going to use a baby's progression to understand the analogy of life in a certain sense. A child comes out as completely dependent upon the mother and father. All it knows to do is to cry, pee, and poop. That's it. Screen get get attention. Over time, the child starts to understand a little bit, like uh, some language a little bit better. Uh, the child can crawl, can't run, can't walk, to keep up with mommy and daddy. Now, remember, we're using this as an analogy in business and in life. Eventually, over a period of time, the child will find a sofa or an end table or something and hold itself up. And it'll try to take a step and it's wobbling. It. But something inside of the child is urging the child to continue to move forward. The child takes a step, the child falls, starts to cry. After it cries, the child gets back up and tries again. Most likely, the child will fall again. And his parents are encouraging him, come on, come on, uh, Johnny, come on, Sagi, come on. And it's trying, it's trying to come to mommy. It really wants to come, but it's afraid. It's afraid because it doesn't want to get what? Hurt. So then maybe mommy will stick her finger out and say, grab mommy's finger. And that gives that little baby a little bit more confidence. And then mommy will start pulling that finger towards daddy. And the baby is, you know, trying to walk towards his face. Mr. J, what are you talking about? this have anything to do with what's going on? The baby's your bank account. The baby's the bank account. And right now, it's not looking the way I want it to look. It's, it, it hasn't learned to run. It might be crawling, but it hasn't learned to walk. What's it, Mr. Jay? this is hard. How am I going to get my bank account to where it needs to be? how did your own children get up and learn to walk? They kept what? Trying. Did they say it was hard? No. Did you, because it was hard for the child to learn to walk, did you as a parent say, you don't have to learn to walk? You didn't do that. You didn't do that at all. And even though you saw your child fall, you saw them cry, you saw them skin their knee, you saw them hurt themselves, and you even see that they're afraid to try again, what do you do as a mother or a father? Do you say, just sit there you'll never walk again? Or do you say, get up and try what? Again. This is why I love children because they're so damn resilient. It's adults who lack it. When they become adults, they become filled with fear. Yeah. they become filled with fear that you, know, you won't allow that for your own child you ain't gonna let little johnny not just sit there because he fell down he's not gonna get up and walk you're not gonna push him everywhere he needs to go he's capable uh perfectly capable of walking for him and herself so when you say it's hard is it really is it really or is that something we tell ourselves it's hard no it's not what's hard is changing That's what's hard in all of our lives. The concept of change is simple. However, changing is not. You're you're morbidly obese. We all know you need to lose weight. We all know you need to go to the gym. We all know you need to exercise. We all know you need to watch your sodium, watch your carbs, watch your sugar intake, drink more water, put down the damn pop and the soda, and you need to work on a treadmill. But you know what happens? Nothing, because it is hard to change, because I don't want to do that. Do you know why they don't want to do that? Because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. That's why they don't want to do it. That's why they don't want to get there. They want a million in their account, but they don't want to go through the process to get it because it doesn't feel good. And I'm telling you what I know from experience. It's all mental here. All this life, life is 80% mental and 20% physical. It's in our minds that we find these challenges. It's in our minds that we tell ourselves this could be hard. And and you know why we tell ourselves that? Because deep down inside, we know we can do more. We know we can do better. You know you can do better. You know you can do more. You know you could be a better businessman. I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. But most people are just fucking lazy. Excuse my French. They want something for nothing. They want a great deal of success without paying the price to get it. And this is bullshit. And this is what I see taught to a lot of young people. Bullshit. Look at the white on my face. I didn't get here overnight. It is a process. Now, guys who are listening on the podcast you say, oh, damn, Mr. Johnson was rather passionate about this because I want you to be successful. I don't want to give you a bunch of fluff. You don't need that. You need to be told the truth. If it was easy to be great, anybody would do it. Anybody would do it. And that's why there's so few people at the top. And the majority of people are in the so-called middle class. And then you have the lower class of society. This is not a black or a white thing. This is a rich or a poor thing. It's not. It's not going to do it. Race has everything with the haves and the have-nots. And which one are you? The sheep and the wolves. You know what I am? I'm a sheep. I'm a wolf dressed up like a sheep. I'm going to say this to you again. Mr. Johnson's a wolf. Dressed up like a sheep. You throw me to the pack, I'm going to come back leading leave it. Your mindset, how you think, how you feel, how you see yourself. We got on it before the call. I told my guys, I said, let's get ready. Let's give it to them. You got to become passionate about what you are. I'm passionate about our podcast. I'm passionate about our success. Not doing this for my freaking health. I want us to win. And the only way we can win is to put a message out that winners will listen to. It is just that simple. So forgive me. You know how you guys get me. So
2: I love
1: that.
0: I love that. Anyway, Sagi, listen, I understand what you're saying, brother. But all Mr. Jay is saying is it really hard? Because we wouldn't tell our children it's too hard to learn to walk, it's too hard to learn to run. We would not settle for that. But when we become adults, you're strapped with your mortgage, your car payment, your water bill, gas bill, electric bill, children, responsibility. That's what strapped you now. You're strapped with responsibility. Now, all of a sudden, I got to be more cautious. Now, I I won't take that risk. I won't do that. What the? You're going to die anyway. Go for it. You're going to die anyway. So that's why I said you go in that meeting. You fucking go for it, man. They're no better than you, bruh. And I'm, that's for all of you who are listening, there's nobody better than anybody on this planet, man. So what a guy has more money? And they're good for him. I really mean that, because I want it to be good for me too. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. What I want for myself, I want for my other brothers. But at the same time, no one's above me. They're not better than me. They might know something that I don't. And I want all of us, because a lot of times, particularly young men, have low self-esteem. What do you mean by that, Mr. Johnson? As a man, you are taught to love your wife and to love your children, and that your wife and your children come what first. Say it first. They come first. Yeah. That's what you're taught. Who teaches you how to love you? Who no. teaches the man how to get the best to him so he can get the best to his family? No one. Right. And I'm trying to tell you guys. Once you figure this life game out, and it's all psychological, it's all mental, once you figure it out, you'll realize you are a lion. You're a lion, man. It's Jason. For all of you listening to me, let me just put it to you straight. I don't play around to come to business. Hmm. Nah. I work too hard, and all of us are, so just align yourself with the right people and, and think appropriately, but it's not hard to make a lot of money. It's not. Get that shit out of your head. Neville Goddard does an exercise. I'm going to say this, and you guys can interject here. It's an exercise, I'm going to share it with the group here. I used to do it. It's called the ladder exercise, and what it does, if you took a piece of paper and wrote wrote down, "I am not going to climb a ladder," I'm going to, I am not going to climb a ladder, and you put that piece of paper on your refrigerator, your mirror, in your bathroom every morning when you woke up, you would see a sign saying, "I am not going to climb a ladder." But at the same time, every night before you go to bed, I want you to take your imaginary left hand and grab the ladder, take your imaginary left foot and put it on the foot of that ladder and then see yourself mentally climbing up that ladder and keep doing it. Well, eventually, a couple of days later, even though you see that the sign says you're not going to climb a ladder, a buddy got called by his father-in-law asking him to come over. His father-in-law just so happened to be up upon the roof and he saw his son-in-law down on the ground and he said hey would you mind handing me that bucket with those materials in it and so the guy grabs the bucket and he proceeds to go up the ladder and halfway up the ladder he realizes i'm climbing a fucking ladder even though he had a sign saying i would not climb a ladder i would not climb a ladder three days later he finds himself climbing a ladder what's the moral of this you could have made a million dollars just like that i know you might say what are you talking about this is just really that simple Your mind is the gateway. You must understand your gift. All of you who are listening to me, all of us have the ability to see something in our mind. You call it your imagination, but you have never been taught to use it. It's not just the simple aspect of the law of attraction or just your intention. As I stated to you earlier, do you really have free will in other podcasts? Because if you do have free will, then the word destiny should not exist. For a destiny or predestined means there's a predetermined outcome already. Is it free will or is it the illusion of choice? You've already known what you're going to do. You just have to understand why you're doing it. You're already going to kick ass. You're just going through the process of kicking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: yeah, I. So I love that, and um, I, I just want I to. Th- I know we want to switch to to the topic of just talking a bit about the economics, and we can probably talk more. You know, we expand on that in the next step. So we have, a, yeah. So, um, but I had a question, a very practical question about meetings, because Mr. Jay, when you go in meetings, you actually probably do have some set of questions that you ask in order to understand what's on their hearts before you. I mean, you probably have some. You know, we're talking about the strategy right now and the overall and the, and the well, spiritual part about it.
0: But if you're asking that, me business questions, do I ask the first thing I always ask anyone that I meet? is It depends. Let me see if I understand your dynamics. Are you meeting with them to offer them a service? Or are they meeting with you for them to offer you a service?
1: I am meeting with them to offer them
0: Let's so say, you're going in a meeting. So you would be coming yeah. to a meeting, trying to get convince Mr. Johnson to partake in whatever business opportunity or whatever it is yeah. that you're offering. Correct? Exactly. Now, what do I do? How do I get them? Okay. Well, listen. This is what, well, again. I would, again, whoever I'm meeting with, I would do my due diligence on them, and I would see what problems that they had that I can solve. Mm-hmm. So say, tell me the opportunity. Here's a question for you. After you get your pleasantries out of the way, say, well, listen uh mr Johnston, tell me the challenges that your companies are your company's facing right now what are the areas of opportunity that you can that you know need improvement and then once he starts talking or she starts talking i would just listen Mm -hmm. sometimes the best sales pitch is to listen most people don't tell you that listen you're trying to get him to buy your service right so let me see how i can help him and so I'm going to say, well, what challenges or opportunities do you have in your in your uh, business right now that you would like to address? And let me see if I could be of service to them. Is it sales? Well, how can I help you with your sales and sales team? Is it marketing? Well, how can I grow your marketing? Is it increasing your bottom line profit? Let's take a look at your profit and loss statement and see how your flow through is looking. Are you hitting your targets? Are you hitting your budget? Are you exceeding your budget sales wise and then seeing the actual uh, cash flow come down to your bottom line, to your ROI, your return on your investment, your manager operating profit, or your EBITDA, whatever they choose to categorize it as. So, but uh, realistically, to say that give you certain questions to ask them, again, when you go and script it, it comes across scripted. You should have a common knowledge of whatever it is they're wanting to have done, and that comes to you doing your due diligence. If you don't mind sharing right. it with the audience, what's the meeting about? All
1: right, so, can- I I can't really say, but. I'll- I I do want to point out once just for a second about like what you're saying. And and the way I approach it is this. I approach everything from a storytelling aspect. Um, And when, especially when I do things with clients, I'm like, okay, you guys, the client is the mentor to the hero, which is the users. Right. Again, just reminding, I have a UI UX design agency, meaning like I do, I people come to me to create their startups, right. From scratch, like build a digital, digital product. So, when people come to me with an idea, I have to make a way for, like, for them to understand what actually the screens need to be designed for you know, whatever user experience we want to create. In order to understand that, I know that it has to do one-to-one with storytelling. And in every great story, there's a hero who wants to achieve something and comes across a wall. And there's the mentor who gives them a plan, calls them to action and helps them to achieve what they want to achieve, but with an inner transformation. That connects to the heroes what we call an internal and an external desire. So, with the way I see it, everybody has their external desire, and every hero in every movie has their you know their uh, external desire as well. What they want to actually achieve? What they would tell you if you ask them in a meeting, "Hey, Mister J, what do you want to achieve?" And you're like, "Oh, we we you know we want to improve our uh, revenue on this and this uh, you know operation in the company." I would say, "Okay, great, but basically that's your external desire." I can now pitch you whatever I know I can help you with to achieve that external desire. But the best chance for me to actually engage with you in any business would for me to meet your internal desire, which is only leaving clues in between your words. So I think, and that's exactly what Ethan said. He said, I was with Mr. J in the meeting and Mr. J, you found a way to get to their hearts. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, you have that. I mean, I know you have that, right? I'm just trying to get to maybe like, maybe you don't even notice that, but you probably get to their hearts in such a way that even when you talk, after you listen to them, you spit out the external with with clues on their internal outcome. And they, that's why they connect to you so much. And they're like, oh my God, we got to do business with Mr. J. Does that make sense?
0: No, it makes sense. And you know what? And, then, and let me be a little bit more uh, precise, because you're not the first person to say that. One of my guys tell me, Mr. J, you're a hell of a salesman. And I said, I'm not a salesman. And he says, I don't think you understand how persuasive you are. This is what he told me. So I, I get what you're saying. And this is what I told him again. The reason I'm able to connect with people like that is because I really want to. Mm-hmm. Do I want to close the business deal or do I want to uh, close the business deal and form a great relationship? I want to do both. And both of them are equally as important because I don't want to be in business with someone I don't really care for or don't like. You don't have to like everybody you do business with. Mind you, I've done that before, but it just makes it easier. But moving forward, you say, well, Mr. J, how do you get in touch with their heart? How do you know what's going on? Ethan said you just kind of reach in and you kind of tap into this. Well, you do that by listening. By listening. What's going on with you? Listen, even the guy you're going to meet with, he's not even being himself. He's putting on this image of this person he's portraying. What you got to do is just to show people that you're a regular person, that you're real people. And so I'm I'm not trying to oversimplify it. And of course, I'm sure there's some little idiosyncrasies that I do that might work to my advantage. But the fact of the matter is, the basic fundamental principle of what Mr. J does is just talk to them. Hey, man, how you doing? What can I do for you? How can I be of service to you? Yeah. And then listen to what they're saying. That's how. Then I follow back up, like you're saying. You're telling a story. Well, let them tell the story, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the hero in your story. I'm going to make myself that hero by listening to the challenges that your business is facing. And if it's something that I can do, then I'm gonna go ahead and do it. But again, listening is key. There's a skill to listening and not just hearing. Yeah. Most people hear what a person's saying, but it's not really listening. You got to learn to listen with this ear and your inner ear. And that, my friend, takes time and experience. Yep. As you continue to meet with people, you'll only get better and better at us again. Definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah,
0: and, and I think that's what Ethan saw at the meeting that day too. It wasn't just he's at the meeting, but he saw a wealth of knowledge and experience. When we went to a meeting, did we meet in the office? No, we went up we went to a restaurant. I don't like doing business in buildings. <laughs> yeah. I just, me personally. That's I right, know. yeah, we went to restaurants. restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take my client out to dinner, golf. I'm not going to be in the building. The only time I go in the building is to sign the agreements with the attorneys. Okay. Other than that, I don't want to be in the building. It's, it's no. It's just a building. But if I can get you out, and me and you, Sugee, we're having a burger and a beer. And even though we got to talk about business, most guys like cheeseburgers and a cold one. Definitely. Now we have a certain commonality.
1: So, I'm taking them to lunch actually, and I I told them. Guys, let's do it over lunch and let's have time to come back to the office up there and go. discuss more. But yeah, 100.
0: And then your meal. Even when you're at yeah. your meal, don't really talk about business.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Just talk, yeah. just have. To get to know the guy a little bit. Hey, man, where are you yeah. from? How old are you? Do you have any kids? Really? How long have you been married? Then the guy's like, this guy's a regular guy, just like me. Then you go back to your office and then you go through your whole presentation and and all of that, but you want to kind of, for lack of a better term, disarm people. Yeah, definitely. Because they're always having their guard
1: up. Right.
0: Does
1: that make sense to you? 100%. And that's exactly what I'm actually going to do. And um, yeah, I think uh, the, the insight I have from like, it's like, this is not a normal meeting for me just because I not only want to do business with them, but I want to build a relationship with those guys. So that's, I think, like, what is the thing that why I'm feeling like this is an important meeting for me um mm-hmm. is because i want the relationship like even more than the actual like business thing that we're going to suggest tomorrow it's more of like i want to be in a business relationship with those guys to build a relationship because i think those guys are awesome and, and they're authentic and we got to know each other a bit and really connected so now it's just like meeting the business needs that will have this relationship be kind of uh will which, happen which you know?
0: taking place it's
1: taking place in uh uh, near Tel Aviv uh, and, and near the offices
0: that
1: this week. tomorrow,
0: yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. so you know next Wednesday you got to come back and let everybody know how it went
1: oh yeah yeah
0: I will, yeah, you gotta, I will. everybody know how it
1: goes <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. It. I think you're going to do fine all of you guys who are listening to this we're all pulling for Sagi you're going to have a super fantastic meeting it's going to go beyond you. your wildest expectations God willing so just keep a great attitude hope for the best and expect the best most people you. say hope oh, oh. for the best and, 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 and prepare for the worst. Hope nah. for the best yeah. and expect the best. Definitely. The best that you should have. So hope that Thank helps. You. So Definitely. we're going to cover the last few minutes. talk about this financial market, right? Let's
1: talk about it. We have to. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Well, guys, listen, uh, I am not a professional financial advisor at all. But as always, I often try to give guys my insights. Obviously, the market is in a free fall. Uh, stocks continue to tumble. Uh, crypto has taken a substantial hit. Even some of the larger exchanges have held withdrawals, transfers, and things of that nature. So, Mr. Johnson, what do you do in this situation? Now, unfortunately, everyone's not going to have a substantial amount of cash laying around to where they can make investments. But what I would say to you is that in this current state where gas is at the national average here in the United States, is at a little over five dollars a gallon Inflation's at an all-time high there are fear of fears of a recession uh sometimes towards the latter part of the year or the early part of next year uh there's mass layoffs coming out here uh from large tech companies of that nature uh mass layoffs are going to are going to go down and uh people are going to be in a world of trouble this is this is this is not good and i don't want to say anything other than that the economy not just here in the States, but globally, are facing some dramatic changes. I am of the fan of the great reset. This is a great reset in our economy. This is exactly what's going on. And a lot of it is shaking out a lot of the people who don't have diamond hands, if you will. That's why they have the huge sell offs in the market and things of that nature. But if you have a few dollars, if you have a few extra dollars, hell, even if you don't have a few extra dollars, and you say, Mr. J, all I have is $5, you can buy one share of Mara, ticker symbol M-A-R-A, which is a mining company for $6.95. So even at five or 10 bucks, you can start yourself on the path of building wealth. And somebody might say, well, hey man, 10 bucks is not a lot of money. Good word of advice, never despise small beginnings. I'm gonna say that to you again. Never despise small beginnings. A lemon tree doesn't start off as a tree. It starts off as a seed. And then over time, it becomes a tree. So I just encourage all of you who are listening, uh, you need to be making sure that there's no unnecessary spending. Let me just speak from my own experience in my home. It's just my wife and I my daughter's grown. I have grandchildren and all that. But I still have fiduciary obligations I have to meet every month. There's no unnecessary spending. Does that mean being cheap? No. I'm just prudent, but my money, I encourage all of you to become good stewards over what's been given to you. Whatever God, the universe, the source, the light, whatever you choose to call it, has blessed you with and that you have at your disposal, I encourage all of you to do your due diligence. Even though the market is in a terrible time right now, the sun will come up tomorrow. The market will recover over a period of time. And so you want to start looking at making certain investments, but cut out unnecessary spending, cut out unnecessary waste because it's only going to get worse for all intensive purposes looking at the charts I have a whole financial group of people that are around me the next few months are going to be uh very very tough but however if you plan properly you look at the stocks you look what are great buys and ethan's much more well-versed in this than i am this is what ethan does for a living so ethan please chime in if you think that mr j is off center here but if you're doing those things, it is the it is a time to buy. I would I would and I would say, would well, you say, Mr. J should I buy this week? No. I'm I'm I don't I do not i do not know if we hit bottom yet. Ethan, do you think we hit bottom yet?
2: Well legally I'm not allowed to uh tell you my my opinion or tell you what to do, but don't, if you don't. want to know offline, I can share it with
0: you. Yeah, well, don't do, so, don't do anything. Um, Ethan has a brokerage house, so if I, I'm telling you, I don't have that 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 obligation. You can talk all day long. I'm just living here. I don't so, think so. you can buy it yet. I'm thinking, look, another 10%. It might drop. You might want to start looking at uh, getting into certain stocks. And what, do you, Mr. J., what do you buy? What are you looking into? I'm a big fan of crypto, even though it's going through a tough time right now. I'm a huge fan of energy. You see the price of fuel, electricity. These companies aren't going anywhere. I will look towards the future as far as electric vehicles. You have Tesla. You have ChargePoint, uh, different type of entities you can get into. Uh, Amazon, Apple. Apple has the ability to release something to a billion people in a weekend. And so even though the stock price is really low right now, these are the stocks that I will look to uh, purchase Uh, Mara is, again, I'm not a professional advisor. It's just my personal opinion. For those who are listening to me, don't say Mr. Johnson told me to do anything. I'm only sharing with you what I'm doing and the things that I believe in. So, But even if you only have five or 10 bucks, you still can start making some headway. It might not seem like a lot. And for those who are listening who might have children or young men, young women, 18, 19 years old, parents, I highly advise you to in some way get your children to listen to this uh, to start studying about money. Because if not, you, if gas is $6 now, only imagine what it will be 20 years from now. And like I said, it's not a black or white thing. It's a, the, the have and the have nots. And those who are putting, positioning themselves to be in a position where they can have finances, resources and things of that nature in the next 10 years, those will be the ones who survive this great reset, if you will. So uh, stocks, crypto, I wouldn't invest in real estate at the current time. uh uh the feds just raised the rate interest is at close to 7% for a home loan, which is ridiculous. And by that happening, what does that do to the housing market? What does that do? What does that do to the price? The prices of housing It's going to go substantially down because the average person can't afford to buy homes. So now what happens? You've got to rent a place. So what does the renter do? Because you can't afford a home, we're going to increase your, re- your rent price by 10%. You must understand how economics work. This is what I told some group of people, and I must be quiet on this. I said, the worst thing you can do is be unemployed. Stay with me when I tell you this. The worst thing you can do is be unemployed. The second worst thing you can do is to become an employee. Uh, That's the second. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm going to say this to you again. The worst thing you can do is to be unemployed. The second worst thing you can do is to become an employee. He "Mr. Johnson, everybody has to work." Well, let me explain something to you. Why is it that when anybody gets a new job, say you're the vice president of XYZ Coal Company, you're the vice president, but doesn't the vice president eventually wants to become what? President. President. Yeah. You see, because so he's not in the best possible position. If you look at sports, we look at basketball, LeBron James or Steph Curry. And they say, Steph Curry is the best player on Golden State. No, the best player on Golden State is the guy who pays him. LeBron James is the face of the NBA. No, the guy who's the face of the, the L.A. is Genie Bus, the one who pays him. You see, because he's still their employee. He's a high-paid employee, but he is still their employee. And so what I encourage people is to say, I had to work in corporate America for other people and they never gave me no one. Let me just say this to you. No one will ever give you more than you willing to give to yourself. No one. Yeah. And a lot of times when you starting off, you say, let me get a job. You're, you you know, the worst things to be employed, unemployable or you're unemployed. And the second worst thing is to become an employee because neither one of those paths will bring you financial freedom. Neither one. When you're working for someone else, you're building their dream. I'm calling it straight. It is what it is. And that doesn't say that everybody has to be an entrepreneur, but understand what you're doing. And it's nothing wrong with making three or four hundred thousand dollars working for somebody. You can take that money and parlay it into a bunch of other things. But I simply want you to understand that ownership is the first step to freedom. You have to own it. That's why they're called team owners. They own those players, man. They own, you're my property. You're, I, I have a contract with you. I got to give you $200 million, but I have a contract with you. And by, based on that contract, this is what you can and can't do. So you really have to understand the mentality of very wealthy people. They don't think like most people. And that's why they live better than most people. Not because they're better than most people. They just don't think like them. So. Got it. Yeah. And but you know, I will say real quick, though, um, uh, Typically,
2: it always gets worse before it gets better. Chaos breeds opportunity, something Mister Johnson says, and it's so true. Um, just get ready. It is a gr- it's it's about to be the perfect time to start putting some money away into some sort of investments for yourself. As the economy um, is more stressed, there's more opportunity, and the largest upswings in the market always happen right after the largest crashes. So start preparing, go find the best mutual funds or stocks or whatever it might be. And if you have questions, yeah, send us, uh, send us an email uh, or look us up online, either uh, Mr. Johnson or I, and we'll guide you. But it's um, just start preparing. It's, it's a very good time.
0: Like call it the,
2: the largest wealth transfer
0: in history, Mr. Johnson? That's correct. It is the greatest wealth transfer so, in the history of our country and the history of the world. You young people, in one sense, I envy you. in another sense, I don't, because I don't know what's going to happen 30 or 40 years from now. But I can tell you this. This is the greatest wealth transfer in the history of our civilization. It really is. And even in this current time, there are still someone making billions of dollars. It's all a game. This is all a game. And you got to learn to play it. And you got to play it to win. It's just that simple. Go ahead, Sagi.
1: So I was thinking in terms of like, I think out of you two, I invest the least, although I do have investments, uh, with, you know, I, uh, mostly in crypto and, um, but in terms of understanding, like, you know, when I started, I didn't have money to invest. And I'm just like, I'm imagining a scenario where the recession comes, right? Like in, in a couple months, uh, people, I don't know, get laid off and, you know, we're telling yeah. that right now, now is the best time to buy stocks. What are you talking about? They can't even buy bread. Like, I'm just exaggerating. No,
0: no, 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 that happens. People would
1: say, I don't have money to invest. I barely have money to close the month.
0: Right. Well, you know what? I did not always have money to invest. I didn't. So let's let's just put that right there. And this is the downside to becoming successful, is that people see your destination and have no idea of your journey. No one usually starts off where you see them at today. So you see, so what I would say to someone you say, Mr. J, I can't even buy bread right now, but then you can't afford to invest. You got to get yourself in a position where you can afford to buy bread. You know, if all of you are listening, take care of your priorities first. There is a word called prioritizing. And your priority is obviously food, clothing, shelter. You know, all those things are your basic necessities. So let's achieve those things first and put yourself in a position where you can start investing. So even though I didn't have a ton of money when I started, I didn't have any money when I started, by the way, I didn't have nothing. It didn't mean that uh, I couldn't make something happen. A lot of times people are so filled with pride. You ever hear somebody say, I won't do this. I hear guys say, I would never work at Burger King. I would never work at McDonald's until you had no choice. You see, I tell people this, life has a funny way of making decisions. If you don't make a decision, to choose, even if you don't have any money right now. Okay, fine. I'll have money for bread. Okay, cool. I hear you get some bread so you can eat until you can think. But make the decision to say, regardless of my current circumstance or situation, I've made a decision that I'm going to improve and better my life. I promise you, if you make that decision, it will happen. It just takes time. And unfortunately, a lot of us are just impatient. So if I don't have bread, money for bread, well, first, you might need to get a job. You know, working at McDonald's, working a job you wouldn't, your pride probably wouldn't allow you to do, but pride goes before a fall. And so I don't have any pride. You know, I'm very transparent with people. So I hear what you're saying. You might not have this, you might not have that, but it doesn't mean you can't acquire it. So again, make that decision. And I believe this too. Once you truly make your mind up again, Ethan, God has a way, the universe has a way of providing for you that which you really desire, if Tyler. you really want it. So I I want
1: to talk about that for a second as well, because, you know, that's um, that's the thing that you said to me back then when I got scared about this uh, upcoming recession just a couple weeks ago, and I called you up, scared, and I'm like, man, like, everybody's, like, trying to scare me about it, and you're like, Sagi, well, guard your mind, right? And I think, uh, like, it makes sense to me, and just please validate it or disvalidate it for me, that if I think about the recession and everybody's talking about the recession. So are we right now in this podcast and saying it's going to be bad. Then it's actually going to, you know, like to be bad for you it's personally. Ba-
0: right? It does. It's going to be bad, but it doesn't have to be bad for you.
1: Exactly. So like in COVID, when COVID hit, I, um, I lost one client fine. Like I lost, you know, some, some potential business right now, but then actually my, in COVID, like during when everybody was talking about like, you know, uh, taking a hit on the business and everything, I grew my agency. Like I grew my business and it was the best time ever. It was the best year of business for me, 2020 or not the best, but it was one of the best. Um, And, and I was like, okay, um, this whole recession thing, this all like, oh, and I remember how scared I was at the beginning of COVID, especially when clients called me and are like, you know what, Sagi, sorry, you know, I have to stop right now. It's not going to continue. I'm like, holy shit, it's beginning. Now more clients will call me and cancel. And like, but eventually, everything turned out fine because I didn't allow it to get into my head, I think. Um, right. And so I think, Perfect. as well, the, 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 the thing that I'm trying to embrace right now is not letting any recession shit get into my head and saying, what's well, going to be fucking fine? I'm just going to be fine. You know, my business is actually going to fucking grow while everybody else is, you know,
0: well, I, I think that's the right attitude. I would I would encourage you to have, and that's the same thing, Mr. J, tell you to do. Yep. I think when we're speaking in general terms. We, we even though it might not be bad for you and I or Ethan, it would be very. Uh, it just wouldn't be genuine that most people just aren't. A lot of people aren't fortunate. Like you are, or, or I am, or what Ethan is, and that's not to say that we should feel ashamed for what we've accomplished. But I think it would be really very uh, naive on our part to realize everyone's not in our position, everyone's not in this position, and so you 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 need to have that mindset because you're at. And those are the one of the things I've been teaching you over the last year: guard your mind. Again, don't let this stuff creep into your psyche. Because if you creep into, into your mind and you meditate upon that you can manifest that. So you're right. But there are a lot of people like you just stated earlier who don't have money, who don't have money to invest, whose businesses might not be flourishing, they might not be doing well. And so we want to address those issues with those individuals as well, too, because I don't want anyone on listening to us to get the impression that none of us have never been through a struggle and that none of us have never had to endure a hard time, because I'm sure that's not true for any of us. We've all had to go through our walks, but we want to try to cover as many people as possible. Now, granted, guys who are successful in business, your, your entrepreneurship is going great. Your business is going well. There's fears of a recession and a coming collapse and things of that nature. You're absolutely right, Siki. You don't want that to creep into your mind. You stay properly prepared. You stay out in front of everything. And most likely, you'll survive what's to come. And you're most likely, you'll flourish. But there are a lot of people who don't have your emotional fortitude. There are a lot of people who don't have that that emotional or mental wherewithal to weather that. And that's why we say those things, to give them encouragement and to let them know they're not alone.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just want to stress that point that because I feel I'm still so fresh from my wounds. Um, Just a couple of years ago, you know, I almost went bankrupt and was in debt and everything just, you know, twice. Like in the past five years, you know, two downfalls, economic downfalls, phone calls from the bank. Not knowing how I'm going to make money next month and to cover my bills, um, you know, having to make up for so much money that I already lost, that I and I have no idea how to do it. I like, remember you talked
0: about that. Man, yeah,
1: I've been there, and you know, for me, it's so fresh. I'm like, if a recession's coming, I don't, you know, I feel it in my freaking stomach right now. Like every time it's mentioned or I read an article about it or someone talks about it, I'm just like everybody here on this show, probably right now, struggling. Like I'm, I feel it's, it. Here's what, what I want you do.
0: is what I want you to do. I'm, all you're listening. I want you to Google or YouTube how to make money during a recession. Mm-hmm. You see, the recession is not a problem. It's how you respond to it. Yeah. I'm not trying to sell you fear. Mr. Jay is saying, stay properly prepared, stay out in front of everything. I'm not trying. To, it doesn't have to be bad for you. As a matter of fact, Mr. Jay has taken it for all of you who are listening because they keep talking about a recession and this and that and the third, right? Well, I'm sure there's information out there to say, well, how do you make money during a recession? How do you make money during a recession?
1: Here's the top of the next on podcast.
0: (laughs) It it could be. It could be. But just think about it. Because most people, you say recession, like I just said, you don't want any unnecessary spending and all this other stuff. That's mitigating any losses, if you will. You want to mitigate, stop the bleeding. Now, how can I take what I have and take advantage of the current state of the economy? And that comes down. That's the information. All money is, is an exchange of information. right exchange the information by you giving me knowledge. I take that knowledge, I apply it, and someone pays me for it and vice versa. So, right. but you're absolutely right. You And, and so you guys know when Sagi's talking about guard your mind, I say this to Sagi and to all of my mentees, guard your mind with all diligence for out of your mind, out of your mind, not the world's mind, your mind are the issues of your life. It all starts in your mind.
1: And we can end on that note, guys. Guard your mind and know that good times are here to come. And you have an opportunity right now with this upcoming recession to actually become very wealthy if you play your cards right. So, everybody, there's a lot of people get hurt from a recession, and there's tons of people that get rich from a recession. So, please be the ones that get rich. That's Uh, my
0: guy. You see, that's what I love about my guys. They're quick thinkers, and he got that. He got that real quick. You go from worrying to mr johnson just planted a seed in me remember your thoughts are seeds your minds is soil you water it with your words right, right. so mr johnson plants the seed into him and to ethan how do you make money during a recession now if he takes that information and researches it do a little due diligence and say oh i could do this i didn't know i could do that i didn't know that we could do this sort of i had no idea this even existed yeah. Oh, this only takes this amount of money. Oh, I can do that. Now he's taking advantage. And the only thing that has changed is his perception and his increasing of knowledge. Okay. You are destroyed. Listen to me all. Young, old, white, black, short, tall, fat, skinny, gay, straight. I give you a damn. You are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's it. You don't know something. And so when you hear people say, what you don't know can't kill you, that's a lie. What you don't know can make you impoverished. Knowledge is the key. Educate yourself. Have a super fantastic day. Keep your attitude straight. Remember, attitude determines altitude. And from the day that you're born to the riding that hearse, things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. Stop bitching. Be grateful for what you have and keep moving forward. And eventually we'll see you at the top. Have a blessed day.
1: Amazing to everyone.